if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It is great to have you. It's February 21st, and uh, got a great show for you this week. That's right, in The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to be talking about practicing carnal existence. What does that mean? Have I heard that from somewhere before? No, I made it up. <laughs> I'm just going to make it up. So we're going to talk about some made-up shit, I guess. <laughs> and the infernal informant Merrick Garland vows to target white supremacists as Attorney General, and U.S. deports a 95-year-old who was a Nazi concentration camp guard. You couldn't have caught him, I don't know, in the last 60 years, 70 years? You had to wait till now? <laughs> okay, creature feature. We're going to talk about my new Springfield Armories Hellcat. That's right. I think it's a great one, so... You suck it if you don't like it. Uh, all right, Zachary, thanks for joining live, man. Great to see you. Jason, how you doing? Uh, burn in hell! Uh, howdy, Sean. Thanks for joining live. Let's see. Lazarus, using up all the little uh, gifts I put up there. William, thanks for joining live. I think I already said that. Dog, dog, is thought out enough to drink a drink. That's nice. <laughs> I'm glad you survived the bitter cold to uh, join us tonight. Dandelion Bodies, good to see you. Lanny, how you doing? Justin, what's up? Jonathan, thanks for joining live. Okay. I am not on the mountaintop anymore. I have come down from the mountain with the knowledge to share. And that is my feet fucking hurt. <laughs> like really bad. Like not even like a little bit, like really bad. Oy. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever, like this is something that I've, uh, I'm, clearly, I'm an idiot. Like, there's no questioning that, right? I wore these same combat boots in the military like 20 years ago, and I'm still wearing them when you know, from time to time, when I go out into the mountains, if I'm like snowshoeing or using crampons or something like that, and the snow I know is going to get really deep. Otherwise, I just use my hiking shoes. Uh, and what I always seem to forget, or I convince myself that I'm capable of avoiding it this time is that I always end up with like after mile eight. Horrific pain from my feet in these boots every single time. So it's like mile seven, eh, things are getting a little warm. Mile eight, it's like Freddy Krueger like just started just hacking, just hacking at my feet. And so that's where I am right now. Post Freddy Krueger hacking at my feet. Come down from the mountain. Beautiful scenery. Stunning day. I had a great time. I almost didn't even go out this morning. I woke up this morning and I was like doing some, you know, works. It's not even work. It's this. This is what I'm referencing as work stuff. I was doing work stuff, working on my website and stuff. And uh, I was just like, you know, because I've got a, a window facing the mountains right in front of me, you know. Um and I'm like, you know, it's really stormy and cloudy out there. Do I really want to go out in the mountains? Like, it just snowed a lot, so I knew there was going to be a healthy deposit of snow. I wasn't sure whether it was going to be, like, snowshoe good, because it's been two days. And so, uh, you know, worst-case scenario, it's still crampons, so you just put those things on and, and you go have fun. But I wasn't sure I really wanted to. And then I convinced myself that I really did, and I should. And I'm not trying to prove myself to anyone. It's just, I know that it's the same, th it's the same argument I face every morning at 5.30 when I wake up. My alarm goes off. I tell it to shut the fuck up. I lean up in bed and I have like the briefest of moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? Why, why do I do this? I don't have to be in the office, in, in virtual office until 9 a.m. Why don't I just sleep in? But there's something inside of me that says stop being a bitch 
and get your ass and go work out. And so I do it. And that's what exactly what happened. I have nothing to prove to anyone. But that stupid ass voice that I cannot shut up inside of me said, stop being a bitch. Get your ass on that mountain. <laughs> so I did. And uh, I'm better for it. I'm trying to convince myself that I'm better for it. Uh, let's see here. Rod, thanks for joining us live, man. Good to see you. I do need to do Zarathustra's voice if I'm going to be on the mountain. It'd be a little weird for everyone else. You know, they're like, why are you talking like that? There's no way that's your real voice. You don't look like that voice. <laughs> Clearly. Why do you speak this way, sir? Yeah. Katie, how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, thanks for joining live. I appreciate it. James, <laughs> burning bush while hiking can get a little sketchy. Um, well, unless you're referring to burning bush mills as you're drinking it and walking. That's pretty good. Mark, that was a, a long walk for a really stupid non-payoff comment. Sorry about that. Uh, Marco, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. What's my take on LeVay's opinion on metal music beyond the little info on the web? He didn't like it. He wasn't a fan of it. That's my take. <laughs> Everyone has personal tastes. It wasn't his. Um, all right. Oh, so, William, you're working too on Sunday. Isn't that your, your day of rest? You're a god. You're supposed to take the seventh day off. <laughs> All right. Let's dive into the show, shall we? Oh, wait. My daughter has a birthday this week. This is something that... It's like no shit every year they get older. Obviously. <laughs> We're not idiots. Complete idiots. But... To actively watch your children grow up and seemingly as they grow up outgrow you it sucks there there used to be a time when my daughter wanted to be around me like she wanted to hold my hand and sing songs with me and dance no more now i'm just that guy that pays bills and she ignores and that sucks <laughs> So every year is just another year that she's moving away from me, you know, getting a little bit older to be a little further away from me. And if not physically, because she still is in my house, obviously, mentally, she is definitely moving away from me. And it sucks. What are you going to do? It's kids. I hate birthdays, though. Like, I, I love celebrating them. I love having them. I love taking time for myself during mine. But the expectation of like putting together a birthday party, that's a lot for me. I, I struggle every year and I don't like it. So I cannot wait to not have to do that anymore. <laughs> Just want to be done. Jason, you can relate. Good. It sucks, but it's nice to have company. <laughs> we can sit down and have a cigar and a drink together as we weep openly about <laughs> our children leaving us. <laughs> I know that dog. I know. It still hurts. All right. Let's uh, let's do a little devil's advocate. Oh, and if I'm a little more red, it's not because I'm closer to Satan or hell or anything. It's that I actually, you get more, you get sunburnt faster in the winter than you do in the summer. And it's because you're not just getting the sun's rays hitting from up here. You're getting it reflected off the ground and all around you as well. So not only am I just reddish hue from being Scottish ancestry and whitey, McWhiterson, <laughs> but now this sun is just doing like double duty on my ass. So I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. Devil's advocate. Let me throw up an image and let's dive into this. Because I was thinking about this the other day and I actually started thinking, I need to do like a Satanist retreat. Like I've got to, I got to put this together. I've got to get whomever wants to come 
to join me and a couple other local outdoorsy Satanists and go out into the wilderness and just sort of reconnect with our animalistic natures, you know? And so that's where this all comes from, just so you know. <laughs> I was I was literally, I'm, I'm putting a syllabus together. I've got everything. I'm going to be going over the basics of survival outdoors. I'll probably never do it, but it is something that I'm thinking about. And I don't know if anyone would even be interested in it. But the more, the more Satanists I interact with online, the more Satanists I realize don't know anything about anything outdoorsy. It's all techie or indoors or urban environments. And I think that's antithetical to being an animal, a human animal. You have to learn how to actually survive in the wilderness. And then watching the results of either California's fires or Texas's uh, winter blasts, the, the idea of human migration starts pumping into my mind and like, what are you going to do in a catastrophe? How are you going to survive? I kind of like this, uh, kind of like this idea. Anyway, that's where this came from, just so you know. Um, I was actually going to call this, <laughs> instead of practice uh, carnal existence, I was going to call it Satanic Cub Scouts. <laughs> I think I went with the better name. But I'll let you be the judge of that. All right, so practicing carnal existence. What is carnal existence? Okay, we all know vital existence. It's from the second satanic statement. Uh, it's the idea that we celebrate the here and now and not this spiritual what-ifs of afterlives, right? It's to live in the now rather than holding off for some potential future unknown in some mystical afterlife. Um. But as Satanists, we celebrate our carnal selves, right? I mean, we are animals. The seventh satanic statement is referencing the fact that we are animals, no better or worse than those who walk on all fours. That is the very carnal essence of what we are as a species. And we have fundamentally moved away from that. The closer we get to this sort of uh, lawnmower man, alternate realities, living online in the cloud world, the further we are removed from what we actually are as a species. And for me, that's troubling. That is actually bothersome. It, it really infuriates me. Because there's nothing wrong with engaging in the manner that the rest of a society does. But at what cost? I do think, and that's why I climb stupid fucking mountains for no reason. It's because I want to reconnect with the ground and the, the weather, the atmosphere, the environment, the, the animals that I'm going to inevitably run across. It is just immersing yourself in where we came out of, you know. I like to do that in the bed, too. Um, okay, so <laughs> when I reflect on what it means to be an animal, it means to connect with nature and what it means to live off the land. And I keep coming back to this phrase, carnal existence. If vital existence is celebrating life in and of itself, in the here and now, then carnal existence is going to be hitting that lizard brain element within all of us, that true animalistic nature of where we come from. And so that's what I want to talk about in practicing carnal existence here. Uh, the subjects are core to what it means to be a human animal, uh, as noted in the seventh satanic statement, survival and protection. And if you cannot survive, and what does that mean? Ultimately, in the most basic sense, it means finding water and finding food, and then finding shelter and finding protection or being able to protect yourself. Um, and ultimately when you look at like the physiological needs and you look at the safety needs of the human animal, these are the first two tiers of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if you want to become a self-actualized Satanist, you need to build from the bottom up and you need to learn how in the absence of others supporting you to survive and protect yourself. And if you cannot do those two things, then you are only existing on the backs of someone else, period. Um, 
And so I would define carnal existence as those practices or sets of skills and knowledges that celebrate our more primitive natures. So like building a shelter, purifying water, creating a fire, uh, securing food, protecting yourself, and sexual expression. These are what I would refer to as the true carnal aspects of our human nature. Um, again, the basic building blocks of survival. Uh, only after you have actually realized these basic ideas can you then move on to intimacy and friendship, uh, to esteem for yourself and for others, and ultimately to self-actualization. And I've been asked why I keep going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, is there any sort of precedent for that? And I would say not a necessarily satanic precedent, other than it fits in perfectly with realizing who you truly are and living the best version and being the best version of you, uh, living the best version of your life that you possibly can, which is the ultimate goal of the Satanist, is to be the most powerful, most effective, most productive version of you. And in psychology, they reference Maslow's hierarchy of needs in order to understand how one can get there. Uh, and so I constantly reference it because it just, for me, it makes perfect sense. It's a wonderful way of, of uh, presenting these more abstract ideas and why they matter. All right, so Satanists are most definitely self-sustaining. I don't know about that, Camplicious. I don't know about that. Um, I've met too many that don't know how to put up a tent or don't know how to fish you know, some really kind of basic stuff. If we are truly self-sustaining, you should be able to sustain yourself not just within society's confinements, but also in nature's. Because ultimately, you know, we have to look at this as realistic human animals. The Industrial Revolution changed human existence wholly and completely. The technological revolution that we are at the beginning of right now has changed human nature completely. But you go back 200 years and we were primitive peoples. We farmed off the land ourselves. We didn't rely on others to do it. We slaughtered animals ourselves. We didn't rely on other people to do it. And if we couldn't hunt we wouldn't have meat. I mean, that, the, this is just the way the human animal has existed for hundreds of thousands of years just as a species, and yet we don't know how to do it. We don't know where our food comes from. We don't want to look at the brutal realities of where our meat comes from. We don't want to admit the vicious lust we all have and, and the, the realities behind that lust for red meat and what that does to our environment and what that does to our own bodies, making us sicker. I mean, it's... When you take a step out of this uh, societal safe space that we have, this societal uh, uh, whoobie that we've wrapped ourselves in and we just refuse to get out of it, once you step out of it, and you can do it. Anyone can do it. Just go on a day hike and you'll immediately realize how vulnerable you are to the environment around you. How you are not the apex predator anymore and how you need to have skills in order to survive. And I don't mean like computer hacking skills and nunchuck skills. And Sorry, I like Napoleon Dynamite. Um, you have to know some basic stuff. <laughs> so where do you go to learn this type of stuff, right? Well, you can join the military. You can join any type of outdoors organizations. As a children, you have the Boy Scouts of America. Just don't get diddled by anyone. It's in there. Um, don't get indoctrinated religiously because it's in there. But there are other sort of pagan, similar type groups as well. It depends on where you are regionally. Um, or you can just get a bunch of friends and, you know, just go experiment in the wilderness and see what it takes. 
you know, watch a few shows. You can actually, this is what is great about technology is that the information is literally, this is such a stupid phrase. I hate saying it. It's at your fingertips, but it is like, all you got to do is do one quick search on the YouTubes. And then suddenly you get to see literally how to survive in whatever climate you exist in right now. And then it just means go out and practice. And it doesn't take forever. Like your body's internal clock, which is completely messed up right now, every single one of you can reset with 24 hours of being in the wilderness, just camping overnight. And you reset your entire, entire internal clock. And that's not me saying it. That's actually a, a, a scientific study, which I have no reference for right now, but I've been quoting it for years. So I hope it's fucking true. Uh, it was a news article I read once. But I do think it, it is genuinely important to understand this. So, so you can, army field manuals are available online that you can, and that's actually how I grew up is my, my uh, father, my, well, I mean, my stepfather, um, both my parents were in the military, both my fathers were in the military, but my stepfather was, uh, he did a lot of training, uh, like training other soldiers and stuff. He was a captain. And so he would bring home his army field manuals. We were also in Cub Scouts, me and my stepbrother. And so we'd read those, we'd read the field manuals and we'd sort of understand, you know, and, and play and practice. When I was a kid, play meant you got dirty outside. You got muddy and you got scrapes and bloody and bruised. And like, that's, that, that's what play was when I was a kid. Nowadays, it's like tournament fighting online or some shit, which, again, we're deteriorating as a species here, people. <laughs> I don't think you have to be a master of the outdoors. I don't think you have to be one of those really crazy sort of woodsy people um, that just, you know, sort of say goodbye to society forever and just lock themselves in a cabin, self-sustaining in the wilderness. But I do think it's important to go back to that well from time to time to dip your fingers into it. And you can actually do this just in your backyard if you have a backyard or on your deck if you have a deck. Start gardening. That's a huge thing that you can just start doing and immediately connect with nature, one-on-one -on -one fingers and soil. It's a huge, huge first step. And it feels really, really great to know that you created this fruit or vegetable and now you're going to consume or herb and you can consume it. And it tastes that much better because you made it. That's step one. And then just go camping, go hiking, uh, go sailing, go swimming out in a lake or something. I mean, again, with um, the state of our environment, maybe it's not great to go swimming in a lake without checking <laughs> and see how polluted it may be. And certainly don't start eating fish in your local ponds unless you check on mercury levels because that's a real fucking problem. Or lead levels, that's a real problem. Um, so a little bit of homework first, of course. <laughs> but it's good. It's really important. Celebrating the carnal existence of what we truly are. And using that as a stepping stone to truly appreciate our vital existence. I mean, it's, it's great to be able to binge 48 hours of a television show. It's great to be able to go online and find any recipe you want or uh, eat any food out of season because of the way that uh, our food is produced globally now. But we're not so far removed when that was an impossibility and you had to deal with what was on your porch. And now we're really starting to see it as natural disasters get worse and worse, that it's really, truly important to have those basic skills. How do you manage a fire without burning an entire apartment down? How do you keep a fire low and manage directional heat from it so that you can maximize the energy that it is uh, creating to benefit your core temperature. Like some really basic things that you can do just to be able to, to uh, for example, if you are in Texas and you have no heat and you're in an apartment building, you could actually put together a fire without, in the fucking apartment, in the apartment, without burning it down and keeping everyone warm. Like this is a possibility but we saw people were literally burning their apartments down because they don't know how to do this type of stuff. So uh, I do think it's really important um, not to lose sight of the, 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 the honest reality 
that we have the throwaway reference, oh, we're all human, you know, humans are just animals, no better and worse. And then we just sort of leave it at that. What, what, what comes with that? Survival and protection comes with that. And how are you going to do that? And if you don't focus on what it means to be a human animal, then why are you referencing it in the first place? It's part of vital existence. It is a core element of what it means to celebrate our life here and now. And it's an important one, especially now as our human species is molding, uh, molding, melding with technology more and more, where we are going to come very soon to a place where humans and technology are literally integrated rather than just holding it up to yourself. Uh, and then we stop being human beings anymore and become something else. Uh, celebrate who and what we are and get into it. So celebrate your, and practice your carnal existence. I think it's really important. What do you guys have to say about it? Your, your parents ran a youth camp thing for your church called Keepers of the Faith. And actually learned a lot of cool shelter. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you can, and not everyone can, but if you can divorce the insane religious stuff, there's a lot of really great programs that religious uh, um, churches and organizations put out that actually tap into this element that I'm speaking to. And Boy Scouts of America is one of them. Uh, it ended up regionally being way too, you know, white, male, cis, <laughs> and diddling. Lots, lots of, lots of weird stuff going on, but good for you. Uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink computer connected to your brain. Yeah, that's, that's, we're there. We are at the cusp. Uh, the light from your phone won't warm your belly. That's right. It will not. <laughs> we watch every Christmas from afar be a repeat of the Donner Party. <laughs> yeah. And, and we don't have to go that far. <laughs> we have weather channels and apps and stuff to, to be able to prepare, you know. And that's a big part of getting into the wilderness is preparing yourself. But this is just the first step. I just wanted to talk about the importance of it. And then maybe in future, you know, segments or, I don't know, other iterations of, of this idea, we can go into more detail about specific topics and i prefer to do that in person personally but if you guys are interested maybe we could just do it you know in this type of a format as well because again educating yourself never hurt anyone it just improves you as an individual okay let's do a little uh, infernal informant Wes, it is great to see you in the chat. And uh, eventually, yeah, I do want to move it back to the woods. You know, in good time. I'm not in a rush here. All right, this is from The Guardian. Merrick Garland vows to target white supremacists as Attorney General. At his Senate hearing on Monday, Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland will pledge to prosecute white supremacists and others who attacked the U.S. Capitol on 6 January in support of Donald Trump's attempt to overturn his election defeat. The pledge was contained in Garland's opening testimony for the session before the Senate Judiciary Committee released on Saturday night. If confirmed, Garland said, I will supervise the prosecution of white supremacists and others who stormed the Capitol on 6 January, a heinous attack that sought to disrupt a cornerstone of our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power to a newly elected government. Five people, including a police officer, died as a result of the attack on the Capitol, before which Trump told supporters to fight like hell against the result of the presidential election. Trump lost to Joe Biden by 306 to 232 in the Electoral College and by more than 7 million ballots in the popular vote. More than 250 participants in the Capitol riot have been charged. As NPR reported, the defendants are predominantly white and male, though there were exceptions. 
Federal prosecutors say a former member of the Latin Kings gang joined the mob, as did two Virginia police officers. A man in a Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt took part, as did a Messianic rabbi. Far-right militia members, decked out in tactical gear, rioted next to a county commissioner, a New York City sanitation worker, and a two-time Olympic gold medalist. In his testimony, Garland made reference to his role in the 1995 to 1997 in supervising the prosecution of the perpetuators of the Oklahoma City bombing, a white supremacist atrocity in which 168 people, including 19 children, were killed. Trump was impeached for a second time on a charge of inciting insurrection, but was acquitted after only seven Republicans joined Democrats in the Senate in voting to convict, 10 short of the majority needed. It is a fitting time, Garland said, to reaffirm that the role of the Attorney General is to serve the rule of law and to ensure equal justice under the law. A 68-year-old federal appeals judge was famously denied even a hearing in 2016 when Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell blocked him as Barack Obama's third pick for the Supreme Court. Biden's selection of Garland for Democrats, uh, Biden, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Biden's selection of Garland for Attorney General is seen as a conciliatory move in a capital controlled by Democrats, but only by slim margins. The Senate split 50 to 50 with Vice President Kamala Harris the tie-breaking vote. In his testimony, Garland said he would be independent from Biden, being sure to strictly regulate communication with the White House and working as the lawyer for the people of the United States. Trump pressured his first Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, to do his bidding. Then he saw his second, William Barr, largely do so, running interference on the investigation of Russia election interference and ties between Trump and Moscow. If confirmed, Garland will face sensitive decisions over matters including Trump, now exposed to criminal and civil investigation. And Hunter Biden, the new president's son, whose tax affairs are in question as he remains a target for much of the right. Some on the left have expressed concern that Garland might be too politically moderate. Black Lives Matter founder Latasha Brown, for example, told The Guardian, my concern is that he does not have a strong civil rights history. Even when Obama nominated him, one of the critiques was that he was making a compromise with what he thought was a clean candidate to get through. In his testimony, Garland said Justice Department civil rights work must be improved. Communities of color and other minorities still face discrimination in housing, education, employment, and the criminal justice system, he said, and bear the brunt of the harm caused by pandemic, pollution, and climate change. Garland is expected to be confirmed. I like that nominees are um, not celebrated on the fringes of political parties for whatever reason i I like the idea that we would actually have a attorney general looking into both the former president and the current president's families i i think that is a positive thing and i was thinking about this the other day um i was i was walking through the pentagonal revisionism i don't this isn't in my notes and so i'm I'm just sort of going off memory here you know what fuck that i'm gonna pull it up I was looking at pentagonal revisionism, and one of them is the return of Lex Talionis. It drives me crazy when I run across Satanists who say, no, it's, it's okay, cheat and lie and steal, and if you can get away with it, that's awesome with you. First of all, if that's what you're going to do, then be good at it, and don't get caught. But if you get caught, well, then, then I've got a little bit of a problem. Um, I want to run through this really quick, because I find it really kind of important. And I clicked on, the wrong, <laughs> clicked on the wrong link. Oh, internet. What the hell? Um, okay, so this is uh, part three of the uh, five-part pentagonal revisionism program. No tolerance for religious beliefs, sec- secularized and incorporated into law and order issues. Okay, so it's weird, right? Why are we starting with uh, a religious reference? Uh, but... The quote is here, to reestablish lex talionis, which is eye for an eye, would require a complete overturning of the present injustice system based on Judeo-Christian ideals, where the victim or defender has been made the criminal. Following, and I'm jumping ahead, following the satanic creed of responsibility to the responsible, in a satanic society, everyone must experience the consequences of his own actions for good or ill. 
This is what Herr Doctor believed was integral to the future of a truly satanic society. Was that everyone must experience the consequences of his actions. Law must be equal regardless of class. That is a satanic principle. So why are so many people okay with uh, Trump getting off scot-free of his crimes, but they want to put Hunter Biden in? Well, be, uh, um, because clearly it's a partisan issue. They're using their own personal politics in order to inform who should be prosecuted and who should not be prosecuted. What is right and what is not. But in a truly satanic society, everyone... Regardless of political affiliation, regardless of economic class, has to face the same legal consequences for their actions, good or ill. I like that there is an attorney general nominee who is going to attack Hunter Biden as much as he's going to attack Trump. Because that is fair criminal justice. That is what it's supposed to be about. And it's encouraging. Now, whether he does it or not, that's, that's another thing. Everyone in a nomination process says they're going to do the right thing. But the fact that they're already calling out Hunter Biden in just the, the preliminary speech, I mean, I dig that a lot. I don't particularly care if someone's going to be, um, you know, prosecuted or not. You have to do the investigation to find out if they require prosecution, right? There might be nothing wrong. It just has bad optics. But you don't know that until you investigate it. Um, and I've been quoting for a very long time on this show how the FBI has declared that the largest threat to our American democracy is white civilians in the country. White supremacists and militia members. They are the number one terrorist threat in America. Not Muslims, not Asians who brought over some sort of flu that you want to demonize, even though they may had nothing to fucking do with it, the individuals that you're demonizing. There's no Muslim terrorist threat that comes anywhere close to the citizens in this country threatening to overturn the laws of this country. I mean, you got to stop and think about that shit. And the fact that we're going to have someone in as the attorney general who actually is going to take that threat seriously because it never happened under Trump. Those are his pals. Those are his base. No, that is not what America is evolving into. That is where it started. Let's not pretend. Let's not have rosy glasses on. Slaves and women were not considered human enough to be counted in voting as a whole person or to have rights as white men should. So that's where our country came from. And not to demonize it, but that's just the reality. You have to look at history with realistic eyes and see that we are evolving as a country. That is what we do in societies. We evolve or the society crumbles. We have evolved to allow women to vote, to allow black men and women to be considered whole human beings unto themselves. It's a crazy notion that we had to evolve in that direction, but it's a good thing. We're not 100% there. We're really close, but we're working on it. And that's the most important part. And the fact that we're going to have a Justice Department taking these threats seriously of white supremacy and their incursion into our justice system, our local police stations, our local governments, it's a real fucking problem. And I'm not like being hyperbolic at all. I mean, we had police officers rioting against the Capitol. Police officers. You would think if there's any institution, it's going to be at the core local level that's going to be fair in imply, uh, applying justice. I'm going to wait for you guys to finish laughing before I continue. And the fact that this idea 
is utterly satanic to its core, identified and called out by Anton LaVey in his five-point program, Pentagonal Revisionism. What it's going to take to have a satanic society. Now, Satanists, let me ask you. If you're against that, how satanic are you? Let's go to this next one. I should start doing like sniffs. Like, you know, like you say something that you're just like sure is like a great thing. And people are going to be like, oh, yeah, shaking their heads. That, that was a great thing he said. That, I, that really resonates. You got to do that, that self-assured <laughs> sniff. You guys heard that before? Am I just making this up? All right, let's do this next one. <laughs> sniff. This is crazy. This is from cbsnews.com. The U.S. deports 95-year-old who was a Nazi concentration camp guard. A 95-year-old man who was a Nazi concentration camp guard during World War II has been deported from the U.S. to Germany, authorities announced on Friday. Friedrich Karl Berger, who lived in Tennessee, was deported for participating in Nazi-sponsored acts or persecution. While serving as the concentration camp in 1945, the Justice Department said, Acting Attorney General Monty Wilkinson said in a statement that Berger's removal from the U.S. demonstrates the department's commitment to ensuring that the United States is not a safe haven for those who have participated in Nazi crimes against humanity and other human rights abuses. I'll pause for the laughter to die on that one as well. Now? He participated in 1945, and now we're saying we, we can't let him live here. Come on. Come on. What the hell is going on? 80 years later, we're going to care. Uh, in this year, we marked, or 75 years later, we marked the 75th anniversary of the Nuremberg convictions, Wilkinson continued. This case shows that the passage, even of many decades, will not deter the department from pursuing justice on behalf of victims of Nazi crimes. It may take 75 years, but we're going to get them. And at 95, yeah. What do you expect this guy to do? Run? Are you just waiting the clock out until you know his joints are going to seize up so you don't really have to hunt? This is ridiculous. Berger is the 70th person identified as a Nazi persecutor to be removed from the U.S. according to the Department of Justice. A 2020 trial found that Berger served the Nazi regime at a Nurengama subcamp near Mappen, Germany. During the Holocaust, the judge who presided over the 2020 case said that Meppen prisoners, many of which were Jewish, Russian, Dutch, and Polish, were held at the camp in winter of 1945. The conditions the judge ruled were atrocious as the prisoners were forced to conduct labor outdoors to the point of exhaustion and death, the DOJ said. Prisoners at the Meppen-based camp were forced to build a so-called Friesenwall to protect the northern coast of Germany according to the Foundation of Hamburg Memorials and Learning Centers. On the day that the camp was evacuated, there was 1,773 imprisoned at the camp, the Foundation says. Berger worked at the camp until the Nazis evacuated it in March 1945, at which time the prisoners were forced to go to the main Neuengamme camp. The two-week transfer was made in inhumane conditions, according to the DOJ, and 70 people who were imprisoned died in the process. Berger admitted during the trial that he guarded the prisoners and prevented them from escaping, U.S. officials said. He also admitted that he never requested to be transferred from his role as a concentration camp guard. To this day, the Department of Justice said, Berger receives a pension from Germany for his past employment in the country, including his wartime service. I want that to sink in for a second. This 95-year-old Nazi prison camp guard who is living in Tennessee, was still getting money from Germany's government for serving as a Nazi prison camp guard. <laughs> and we can't give $2,000 checks to keep people from losing their homes or to be able to buy food after a pandemic that our government forced people to stop working in. But he can still get money from fucking Nazi Germany. <laughs> what the fuck? It's crazy, right? He was removed under the 1978 
Holtzman Amendment because of his willing service as an armed guard of prisoners at a concentration camp while persecution took place, said the DOJ. Acting Immigration and Customs Enforcement ICE Director Tay Johnson said the department will never cease to pursue those who persecute others, unless it happens to be ICE, of course. Uh, the case exemplifies the steadfast dedication of both ICE and the Department of Justice to pursue justice and to hunt relentlessly for those who participate in one of history's greatest atrocities, Johnson said, no matter how long it takes. <laughs> okay. 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 How are people still getting benefits from German service under the Nazi regime? How is that even a thing? How, how can that possibly be a thing in 2021? That seems truly insane. One. Two. How the fuck are Nazi Germany's survivors still living in our country? What? <laughs> Brazil, yeah, of course. It's Brazil. That's where they ran to. But in Tennessee? Come on! That's insane! No matter how long it takes to find them, we'll get every last one of them! 75 years later, you're still looking? You can't find them yet? You gonna wait till they die and then exhume the corpse and then deport them back to Germany? Uh, let's see. Taking an American history class now, and it's actually comical how anti-women the founding fathers were. How anti-woman society was, which is bananas. Uh, let's see. Politicians never really pay for their actions. Do you think it'll start now? No, pro well, uh, it depends. Trump is so unpopular with the majority of Americans that I do think it's possible that he's going to have some criminal lawsuits, you know, not political ones, but just his own private uh, business affairs. And so I do think he'll, he'll suffer that way. Uh, Hunter Biden, if he is doing, he's not a politician. He's just a politician's son. So I do think he will suffer consequences of his actions if it's found because, and only because it's so high profile. If he was Lindsey Graham's son, <laughs> as if Lindsey Graham would copulate with a woman. But Let's assume he did and he had a kid. Uh, that kid would probably not because he's not, he doesn't have a spotlight on him right now, right? So it, it all depends on optics again and what's hot right now. Zachary, the primal sniff. <laughs> so, so many people saying uh, he's old. What's the point? What's the, yeah, I don't understand that either. If, if Lex Talionis does not apply to all equally, then it does not apply. It's just a pipe dream for Satanists. I don't care how long it took to find him. I just think it's comical that it took this long. That's my argument. Like, it shouldn't have taken this long to find a Nazi war criminal. Like, what the fuck is going on? I, don't, I just can't imagine how that's possible. That's like a lifetime movie waiting to be written. It's crazy. You have a different take on that compared to the guards, uh, the guards at Gitmo. Should they be tried? Uh, they were in in um, uh, military courts, like uh, Article 15s. Are they just kids trying not to end up in Leavenworth? Well, that's where you do end up if you're found guilty in the military. For those who don't know, uh, it's really easy to be criticized those who serve in the German army for psych experiments. Uh, there's a grace of God go for you there, but for the grace of God go you. Um, I, uh, I got a hard time believing that. And again, it could come from a position of privilege or it could come from growing up in this country and not being in the same situation. Clearly, it's not the same situation. But in our military, it is your duty to follow every lawful order. And as soon as that order is no longer lawful, then you're not required to follow it. You're required to report it. And so behavior like that will probably get you shot and killed in Nazi Germany. Some people escaped that fate um, and their, their country. But, yeah, I don't... If you are in Gitmo, 
which is technically a patch of U.S. ground, um, and you're a U.S. soldier, and you abused um, suspected terrorists, as was done, then yeah, you should be prosecuted under the um, UCMJ, 100%. And you should suffer the consequences of that action. That does not how Americans operate, ever. That is just not what we do. Uh, and when we do it, and it finally comes out, someone takes the fall for it. Usually not the person who gave the order, but definitely the person who did it. In this particular case, he's the one who did it, and now he's suffering the consequences. Though is he? He's still getting paid the whole time. This is like when cops do really shitty things, like just murder black people for no reason, and then they uh, are put on paid leave. He was ostensibly on paid leave for his Nazi war crimes in Tennessee for 75 years. <laughs> yeah, he should suffer consequences. Yeah. Um, no, he doesn't have kids. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's funny. Uh, no. I, I believe he likes the boys. Nothing wrong with it. But I believe that's how he swings. In the Republican Party. Which is a funny thing. He's like, he's the Liberace of the Republican Party. No one saw it coming that Liberace was gay until he came out. Then everyone knew he was gay. <laughs> Liberace. You could sniff that dick from a mile away. Like, that guy is gay. Every gaydar is always going off. Lindsey Graham, he's the Liberace of the Republican Party. 100%. <laughs> uh, so here's the question from Ash. Germany is still paying the dumb old Nazi, and yet they're putting Nazis in jail for denial of the Holocaust. In the same way we have Social Security in this country, Germans have a similar version of it, right? So he was working for the government, and so he's getting a pension equal to his government service. So it's not quite the same thing as, you know, like we work our whole lives and we pay taxes for every job that we do. And then when we finally get to an age where we can start collecting Social Security, we're getting we're collecting money that we put in from every job we did, not just, you know, that time when we worked at Pizza Hut and pissed in the sauce. I didn't do that. And uh, <laughs> no, I actually did hear about people doing that. Um, and so he's collecting pension partly for the time that he served as a prison guard, but also because of everything else he did in his whole career, uh, you know, working career. So yeah, he is getting pension from Germany for his Nazi war activities, but that's not really quite all it is. Um, so I want to make that distinction clear, just to be fair. But still, it's fucked up. Um... <laughs> No, dog, I think you're right. I think, it, I think it's completely fair to have complex... Uh, and that's, that's the difficulty of these type things, right? At what point um, are we supposed to have perspective on a situation? Not everything is black and white, right? So, yes, if you are forced to serve a regime that you believed at the time was doing the right thing and then you realized it was doing the wrong thing and you just kept doing it because if you didn't you would be shot well you're in a shitty situation what are you supposed to do just give up your life now as a satanist we're not martyrs so i i don't know what i would do i would do my best to continue working and then find the first chance i had to leave and get out and escape but it's not always that simple that's easy to say but it's not so easy to do. And so, yes, I do think that, you know, there are, there are German nationals who ended up being Nazis who were just victims of circumstance. And that's just the reality of it. But, yeah, it, it's, it's a complex issue. Like, it genuinely is. But the fact that he never tried to uh, get reassigned or change positions or anything he, he was just content doing what he did and he prevented people from escaping ostensibly a slow and painful death i mean you you have to suffer the consequences of those actions you know he made the choice i don't know it is it, it's challenging once you take off the black and white justice goggles because it's never so simple 
So let's move on and not talk about it anymore. a little bit of a lighter issue. Let's talk about firearms. And one specifically, this is the Springfield Armory's Hellcat. So I had mentioned this before in a couple different places, but my wife and I, for our anniversary, went to a firing range and just, you know, we have a, um, a Ruger 357 and uh, Ruger 1022. So we were just throwing, you know, rounds down range and just sort of having a good time, you know, a little bit of friendly competition between the two of us. And when we were done, we'd always talked about getting our concealed permits and getting sidearms, but we'd never really done anything about it. And so we were looking at, it was at a gun store that this uh, range is in the basement of. So we were just sort of looking at what they had to offer. I was like, you know, we, we talked about this. Should we just get, should we just get a couple sidearms? She was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. So uh, my buddy Bede recommended us a arms dealer, and we went and talked to him. And I go to him because he's less expensive than a traditional retail store. He still makes a profit, and it's all legal. He still has to do the background check and everything. Um, but and we still have to register the, the firearms and stuff. It's just it's less expensive, and it's a little bit more of a personal touch. You know, you're not sitting in a a, a gun store with. 85 people trying to purchase and the guy's just trying to rush you out the door this guy lets you hold and dry fire if when it's appropriate and just sort of feel the the sidearms you know and so we we wanted something that was smaller something that could be concealed easily but something that was powerful i didn't want to get a 22 pistol i want to put someone down if i have to put someone down i don't want to put anyone down but if i have to i want it to be effective and, you know, for a smaller uh, concealed firearm, a 9mm is, is a pretty good bet. The problem with that is that most of them, because they are smaller uh, for a concealed fire sidearm, they're, they're not going to have hold as many rounds. Well, Springfield Armory came out and they said, poppycock to that idea. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had long mustaches when they said it too in like an, a, a little monocle. Uh, the world's highest capacity micro-compact 9mm. This is the Hellcat. Uh, its patented magazine gives a capacity of 11 plus 1 or 13 plus 1 with the extended magazine. Now, I want to reiterate. This is a compact uh, pistol. And you can have 13 rounds in the clip, in the, not a clip, in the magazine, and one in the chamber. That is a ton of rounds for a tiny little sidearm. It's designed specifically for everyday carry with adaptive grip texture and high visibility sights. It also has the availability for optics ready OSP, which is optical sight pist uh, pistol configuration. Basically, it's a little window um, on uh, the rear side of your uh, sight that has a little red dot when you look correctly into it. So it's easier to line up your sights rather than looking at the rear and front sight. Um, you just follow the red dot, basically. It has a three-inch barreled pistol, which measures a mere one inch wide, and weighs just 18.3 ounces empty. It is light. It is delicate feeling, but it is robust and strong as hell. Paul Carlson, owner of Safety Solutions Academy, has taken the same exact pistol and pushed it to over 20,000 rounds. With support from Federal Ammunition and Action Target, Carlson and a team of shooters proved that the Hellcat's extreme durability and reliability for a pistol of its size. 20,000 rounds in the same sidearm with not one misfire. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable is what that is. Features are the hammer forged barrel, top slide serrations so it's easier to uh, chamber around for the first time. Non-proprietary rail, so you can add any attachments to the bottom front side of the rail, whether it's a laser scope or a flashlight or I don't know, whatever, that, whatever else they have. Um, it's got a flat trigger, 
reversible mag release. Uh, so if you're right or left-handed, it's you know just thumb the magazine release. Uh, it's loaded chamber indicator, so there's a little hole in the very top, which you can actually see if there's a round inside of it without examining the, the chamber with your eyes, like opening it up. Um, high visibility tritium and luminescent front sight paired with a tactical rack U-dot rear sight. So it's really easy to get the proper sight picture really quickly in low and dark light situations, which is really important. Um, Ballistics gave it 2020's best compact handgun. Guns and Ammo gave it 2020's handgun of the year. The NRA gave it the 2020 handgun of the year. And NTOA gave it MTR Gold Award. This is a phenomenal sidearm. We bought it without firing it, just by feel and feature alone. And then we went to our concealed class and we went into the range and we fired it. And oh my gosh, is it butter? And I'm I'm comparing it to the Ruger 357. So 357s have kick. It's like a mule in your hand. This thing, oh, it's just like butter. It's just like slicing a hot knife through butter. Every round hits exactly where you sight it. It is awesome. It just feels so great. Mm. And no, it's not going to put a bear down, but a nine mil, a couple rounds is going to stop any criminal. I highly recommend you try one. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about it because I, you know, I just, I picked it up. I've used it. I love it. And I wanted to share that. I did the same thing with my watch. So if you don't want to hear this shit, don't turn the show. <laughs> yeah, dog. The, the Ruger 1022 is awesome. I dig that a lot. Uh, Ruger is awesome. It's a, it's a really great um, firearm manufacturer. Let's see. Yeah, it's good America. <laughs> Gun looks awesome. You don't have any firearm, but I'm more a semi-automatic, automatic weapon guy. That's cool. If you ever find yourself in need, I, I you know, for a concealed, consider it. And again, yeah, a lot of people like uh, 1945 is referencing Glock 23. Um, there's nothing wrong with those glocks they're great it's like the standard until the hellcat came out and still for some it's going to be the standard i watched a, a bunch of different reviews on uh, firearms professionals using this particular sidearm and it's not for everyone you, you know every individual person needs to be able if you're going to have a firearm you need to fire a bunch of different types in order to find out what works best for you what you like the best I just happened to stumble on this, and it's not to say it's going to be my end-all firearm, um, you know, but for what I was using it for, it was great for target practice. I, I really enjoyed it. Anyway. <laughs> I am flushing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's all I want to talk about. <laughs> my new gun. Yay. Here's the thing. I, I do want to put this out there. I do not think everyone should own a firearm. I do not think everyone is capable of the responsibility. I do not think everyone is capable of actively being able to line up a site. And that's just based on my military experience and seeing people unable to line up sites and hit what they're trying to hit. And if you don't hit what you're trying to hit, you're going to hit someone else or something else in which catastrophe ensues. So... Just avoid it. Don't do it. Be familiar with it, but you don't have to own one. No one should have to do anything like that against their will. If you are traumatized because of a firearms experience, well, that's understandable. And so you wouldn't want to expose yourself to it. If you're just afraid, well, then that's something else entirely, and you should get over that fear. A 1022 is a perfect lightweight rifle to get over your fear of firing a firearm um but yeah it's uh you know don't be afraid of a tool um even though it's a dangerous tool in the wrong hands or in inexperienced hands that's why you educate yourself right whether it's about farming or cooking or firearms educate yourself all right your canadian Sore firearms are heavily restricted. Yeah. And, you know, regionally, you're not going to be able to 
there's going to be different restrictions, you know, so whatever, whatever you have to deal with in the region you're in or, or leave, you know, <laughs> that's always an option. You could always leave. So much recoil, I gave you PTSD. That's how I felt about the 357 for the first couple times firing it. Just like, what the hell is going on with this? Full suit of armor? What? Jason. Jason. What the hell are you doing? I gotta see pictures. All right. I'm imagining, I'm gonna stop the show here, but I'm imagining, Jason, that you are like, uh, it's like, uh, oh, what is that show? The zombie apocalypse show. Fuck, what is that called? That's what I'm imagining. It's like end of the world. Everyone, everyone else is running around in like tattered clothes, but you've got like a full suit of armor and a crossbow. And when you say armor, I'm going to go back to like the romantic era of medieval knights and stuff. You have a full suit of <laughs> knight armor and a crossbow. And everyone's like running around walking dead. Everyone's running around... <laughs> being attacked by zombies and they can't even get through the the hammered steel of your armor it's funny <laughs> yeah all right that's all i got thank you guys so much for tuning in if you like what i'm doing here with the show and you like uh getting on here and chatting with everyone else and myself well thank you for doing so but subscribe to the youtube channel sign up to the email list and click the like button on the video so other people can discover it on their own. Uh, if you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. You're not going to be able to do that right now <laughs> because we're experiencing some technical difficulties. <laughs> but it'll be back up 100% soon. Um, it is being worked on. Uh, and until then, until next week, hail Satan, everyone.